Hello everyone, I'm Abby and I'm here to do the Bible reading. So today's Bible reading is from Psalm 46. Um, just a little bit about Bible reading at church for people who might be new or haven't come along before. Um, here at CPE we believe that the Bible is not just you know, people's words, um, that when it's read it's actually God speaking. And so how about I pray for all of us um, as we pray for God to speak to us. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word um, and for your goodness to us in allowing us to gather this morning. I do pray, Lord, that you would speak through your word. Um, Help Scott as he preaches, Lord, to preach faithfully from your word. Um, And I pray that you would be pleased to work, Lord, through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. When no one else stands up, that's your turn. G'day, it's great to be here, it's fantastic to be singing with you, to be worshipping God together. Um, <clears throat> now one thing I didn't mention is I live in Oxley, and uh, you may have heard of Oxley recently, uh, we've had a bit of water issues over the last month, uh, in, in fact almost a month, just a bit more than a month ago, uh, we woke up to be surrounded by waters everywhere, so everywhere to the basically north, uh, west all the way through to the southeast was completely water for us. Um, we were safe from it. Uh, it was a bit down the hill from us, but all around us, people were inundated with water. Friends of ours have had basically most of their stuff gone because of the waters. And it's in that situation that this psalm makes sense. That's when you need to get this psalm and really have it in your soul and really have it echoing in your life if you're going to survive that sort of situation. See, this, today we're going to see about the God who is in the trenches with us. And I need to... There we go. Our God is in with the trenches with us. And so how about we start by praying and asking God to speak. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word now, may it be a word to our hearts, may it be a word that impacts us deeply, 
If we're going through hard times now, or if there are hard times coming up, we ask, Lord God, that this will be a word that ministers to us during those times and even now, so that we can know that you are with us and that you are mighty. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as I reflect on my life as a Christian, I, some of the highlights are times of mountaintop experiences. You know, we actually go on a camp or a conference, often on an actual mountain, be it uh, Mount Tambourine here or Katoomba uh, down south, where you get away from the hustle and the bustle of life and you can just enjoy being with other Christians, hearing from God's word, singing together. And often on those campsite walls is a sign similar to this, an idyllic picture and those words, be still and know that I am God. From the psalm that we're looking at today, chapter 46 of Psalms and verse 10, a reminder that retreating and seeking peace is what you're on about here. That's what this camp is all about. And it's a populist Christian spirituality. Maybe you have said to someone, uh, be still and know that I am God, as a way of encouragement to them. And what we mean by that is something like, you know, we need to withdraw and we need to grow in our communing with God. We need to charge up our spiritual batteries so that we can run them down as we go out and exist in that real world, that place that is a bit scary. Be still and know that I am God is all about what we do in church or at that camp or in that conference. It's not what you do at work. It's not what you do at school. And it's certainly not what you do in a world that hates God. And it's certainly not what you do in the trenches of life. Except what I'm here to say today is that that's wrong. This passage is exactly about what life is like in the trenches of life. So that be still and know that I am God is a, is a precious promise that you have clung to in the past. I'm sorry, I'm here to rob it from you today. I'm here to rob it because it's a counterfeit gem. It's not actually what it's speaking about. It's not actually what it's speaking to. There is actually something much grander that be still and know that I am God is speaking about. So let's have a look. Don't get me wrong, the mountaintop can be great. The mountaintop, the camp, the conference, it can be great to withdraw and to spend time concentrating on God, reading his word, encouraging and being encouraged. But this psalm is about the trenches. This psalm is about when you go in back to work tomorrow, when that mountaintop dissolves, when it becomes a distant memory, that's when this psalm kicks in. If it's not, if you don't hear this psalm as speaking to those trenches, what you will do is you'll go from mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience looking for that moment again. You'll go from church to church to church, from conference to conference, to try and recapture that moment when you knew God. But that's hopeless. 
That is a path to disillusionment. I want to keep you from that. We don't just know God in our moments of stillness. No, we need to know the God who is with us exactly when those moments of tragedy hit. Exactly when it is just too hard to keep going. So let's have a look at this idea of being still and know that I am God. Because you see, it's not about a promise of intimacy. It's not a a promise of revelation from God in those moments of stillness. It's not about removing yourself from distractions of life, from work and school and busyness, because that is where you find God. It's not about the promise that if you find a still, quiet place, then that is when God speaks, that is when you can know him truly. No, this is about the God who is with us in the trenches. So let's have a look. We've had the the psalm read out for us. So if you don't have the Bible already open in front of you on your app, or actually a physical Bible of, uh, you know, a bit old school like me, uh, then please open it up now to Psalm chapter 46 and verse 1. And the first thing you'll notice as you read through are the words. Particularly verse 1, times of trouble. Verse 2, earth trembles, mountains topple. Verse 3, turmoil. Waters roaring and foaming, verse 6. Nations raging, kingdoms topple. The earth melts, and verse 8. Devastation on the earth. Do you get that context? It's disaster. Earthquakes, the fury of a stormy sea, upheaval, revolt, and war. It's as far from an idyllic mountaintop experience as you can get. This is life at its worst. This isn't disaster. This is disaster upon disaster upon disaster. Can you imagine the ground beneath you, the most solid thing that there is, and that is shaken from you, the very foundation literally of your life is just shaken to bits? To see cracks, rack, solid rock, steel bend, wood buckle and splinter. Devastating. Terrifying. Can you imagine the impossibility of a huge hulking mountain crumbling and towering over the sea and now falling into that sea? The roaring, foaming, boiling tumultuous sea. This is a world falling to pieces. And in that space, verse 1, God is our refuge and our strength, a helper always found in times of trouble. As the terrifying night washes over you, as the wind howls, as the waves crash over us, as it We see God. We don't fear. Our God is with us. And the scene shifts 
to the unimaginable horror of a city under siege. In uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, we have this horrible moment uh, recorded when the king of Israel is accosted by a woman while they are under siege. And she asks him, Give up your son and we will eat him today. Then we'll eat my son tomorrow. And so we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her the next day, Give up your son and we'll eat him. But she has hidden her son. And when the king heard the woman's words, he tore his clothes. You see, that is a siege. We can pass over those words very quickly, but a siege is a horrible, horrible weapon of war. It is mass death by starvation. It is slow, it is harrowing, and it is cruel. And I just can't imagine, I can't imagine a situation in which a woman would be thinking, a mother would be thinking about surviving in that way. And that is the situation that God's city is finding itself here in verse 6. God's city is surrounded by the nations. That is life at its lowest. And yet, verse 4, there is a river. A stream that delights the city of God. The one thing that can save a city like Jerusalem in a siege is a river. You see, in a siege... If you've got water, you've got a source of life. With water you can drink, with water you can grow crops. And the good thing about a flowing river is it doesn't go stagnant. It is life, literally, right there in the city. But more importantly than that river is, verse 5, God is within that city. It is his dwelling place. Place. God is with her. He will bring the morning and end to that horrible night. And so, as the nations rage on the outside, when kingdoms rush against the walls of this city, their rage is impotent. They shake their fists, but they do so in vain. The kingdoms topple just like those mountains did into the sea. The earth melts because God lifts up his voice. Nothing stands before the voice of God. Nothing can overcome the Lord and his mighty armies. And we come to the end of the first verse of our psalm. The devastations and the horrors and the most horrible experiences that you can go through. And you have this repeated refrain, the chorus of this psalm in verse 7. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. And we know that's important because it's repeated. It's the chorus. It's the bit that sticks with you, that God is with us. When everything else, the whole world is against you, God is with us, a comfort, a refuge, and a strength. And so the second verse. From the depths of the city in siege, we jump over the ramparts and we join God on the offensive. 
Verse 8, come, come, see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He destroys war across the earth. He shatters bows. He cuts spears in two. He sets chariots ablaze. Well, today we might say he blows up the missiles. He flattens the tanks. He demolishes every rifle. And again, this is not a rainforest retreat. This is not a mountaintop monastery. This is where God is working. Can you see how be still and know that I'm God is not about the hilltop haven. It's not about a peaceful port. It doesn't mean, it cannot mean withdrawing and getting to know God better. It can't mean learning intimacy with God in a quiet space. No, be still and know that I'm God is about the tumult. It's about the terror of life. It is about life at its worst and God is there. That is where God stands up before his people. He raises his voice, his terrifying, earth-melting, enemy-destroying voice and he bellows out. Be still and know that I am God. Now that can be translated in lots of different ways. And if you, you're someone who uses the, uh, uh, the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB, then you will see that that verse is translated as stop fighting and know that I am God. Exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. Now, that word, stop fighting or be still, is literally the word to slacken. And often it's used with the word hands, so slacken your hands. And if you slacken your hands, it's giving up. Or more importantly, being forced to give up. So it's more like drop your weapons, stick them up. It is the cry of vanquishment. This is the cry of victory. This is the point at which the hero shouts out and the enemy falls flat on their face. You see, this is the cry of the Lord of armies, the God of Jacob, the God who is with us, the God who is within our stronghold, who is our stronghold. Be still and know that I am God is all about the God who stands at that moment when everything looks like defeat, who declares who who he is and the world crumbles, the enemies disintegrate. God is the one who vanquishes those foes, who is victorious, who exalts himself over the whole earth. And so, do you feel strain in life? I have no idea how you've come to church this morning. I don't know whether you're feeling like life is going well. I don't know whether you're feeling that life has just been one thing after another after another, that you've been worn down. As I talk to people around the country, I have noticed that I'm talking to people who are going through various stages of trauma over the last few years. I wonder if that is you today. 
one of you felt like it's been one hit after another, after another. I know people around my neighbourhood, around Oxley, every time it rains heavily, they start twitching a bit. It's, it's hard. Well, I wonder if, as a Christian, you've noticed that life has gotten a bit harder. I wonder if you've noticed that life is a bit harder for people who trust in Jesus. Uh, Steve McAlpine works with us at City Bible Forum and he's written a book that I can recommend, being The Bad Guys. Um, it's got nothing to do with cartoon wolves, by the way. It's, uh, uh, it's actually a, about our life as Christians together. This is what he says. Increasingly, Christianity is viewed as, a, as the bad guy. Christianity no longer is an option. It's a problem. The cultural, political and legal guns that Christianity once held are now trained on us, and it's happened quickly. The number of those professing faith has dramatically fallen. The number of those who reject the faith they held that until their late teens has risen dramatically. The seat at the cultural table that we assumed was ours for keeps is increasingly being given to others. We're on the wrong side of history, the wrong side of so many issues and conversations. If this were a Western, we'll be the guys wearing the black hats whose appearance is accompanied by the foreboding soundtrack. It's come as a surprise. We're not sure how it happened, and we don't like it. We don't feel like we deserve it, but we are the bad guys now. And if you've ever been to a school meeting, a workplace meeting, if you've switched on the news, you read the newspaper, checked out social media, you'll notice that Steve is speaking truth here. There's a lot of hostility out there. I wonder if you feel like that you're in a city that's under siege. And if your spirituality as a Christian is about withdrawing and knowing God, it doesn't equip you for life where we're now the bad guys. You see, that puts you on the back foot. If you're always looking for safety at those times by withdrawing, you've lost the battle. And let's be clear, we're now living in a situation in, in our lives where it's never been easier to withdraw as a Christian, to live a nice, quiet Christian life. You see, you can be born in a Christian hospital. You can go to Christian daycare, kindy, school, university, then go get your Christian job in a Christian organisation and then get buried in a Christian funeral home. How do I know that? Because I've heard them advertised on radio. I've seen the Christian yellow pages or white pages. Um, I don't think they exist anymore, but they were there. Where if you wanted to get a Christian plumber, then here's 15 to choose from. You can go from cradle to grave and never have to step out of that comfortable Christian bubble. Never have to acknowledge that on the outside the enemies are baying for blood. That isn't knowing God. That isn't seeing that our God who is with us in the trenches, who stands up and takes the battle on, that is not knowing that God. 
No, our God is with us. He's there in the HR meeting. He's there when your boss wants to have a little word about some of the things you've been doing. He's there when your co-worker decides that all Christians are idiots and bigots. My job with City Bible Forum is to help Christians share the good news of Jesus with the people that God has placed directly in their lives by virtue of the fact that you work next to them. The mission field that the pastors here and myself have no access to because we don't have the little card that hangs around your lanyard or on your hip, but you do every day when you go into work. I often get asked by people in the workplace, but what if I get in trouble? What if I talk about Jesus and HR rings me in and rings me out? Couldn't I lose my job? You don't know how hard it is in the modern workplace. People are just looking for an excuse to shoot you down as a Christian. So when the machine guns are ringing and the bullets are flying over your head, it's not time to stick your head up. But remember Psalm 46. Remember that when the whole earth is shaking, when the nations of the world are breaking against the walls of the city of God, we don't withdraw, we don't quiver, we leap over the ramparts and we see our God who has victory. We see our God who yells out with his voice, stop your fighting and know that I am God. You see, when you first went for your job, I am willing to bet that you went to your life group and you said, I'm going for this job, can you please pray that I would get it? And when you got that interview, you then prayed that the interview would go well. And when they gave you the job, You praised God with your life. You say, hey, I got the job. Praise God. And everyone prayed and praised God together. And then that first day came, you say, pray for me as I start work tomorrow that it would go well. And you go off and you start job praising God and thanking him for this role. And then I don't know how it happens, but sometime in the first week, in the first month, we start thinking about the God who gave us this job. And we start thinking about my performance that guarantees my job will continue. Have you experienced that? Do you feel that tension in your life of, if I don't do the right thing, my job could be gone. It's up to me. There is no job represented in this room that can be lost outside of the control of God. Do you get that? There is no line that you can cross that would mean it would lose your job outside of the control of God. Unless you come to terms with that, you'll never be bold to cross a line, to take a risk to invite someone to consider who Jesus is. But if the God of armies is with you, if all good things truly do come from our Heavenly Father, then no boss can fire you, no HR department can demote you, no accusation can stand against you outside of the ordained will of God. And even if you do lose your job, your God is the one who provides that stream of living water. 
Your God is the one who is victory over all armies that would come against him. The God of Jacob is with his people. He provides those dreams. He provides our daily bread. He can even provide a new job. We can rest knowing that our God is our strength and our refuge. As you feel the threat and hostility of the world opposed to God, know there is no king, there is no kingdom, no army, no power that can stand before our God. As an election comes up, there is no leader who can be elected who can do anything outside the power of our victorious God. The one who declares, stop your fighting, be still, and know that I am God. And then the earth melts. That is our God and he is with us. He is with us in the trenches. Because our spirituality isn't about withdrawing. It's not about stepping back and hoping it all blows over. No, it's standing up on those ramparts and seeing the devastations of our mighty God, knowing that he is the same God who took all those devastations upon himself. And we remember that next week. So this time tomorrow, as you return to the world hostile to God, will you retreat? Will you hide? Will you hide away the fact that you're Christian, hide away the fact that you belong to the Lord Jesus? Or will you stand on those ramparts, confident to see the works of our God? Do you see how this psalm is so important in understanding life in the trenches with God? Confident that God is our refuge and our strength, watching while he brings peace across the earth. Now, just behind me, I've got a couple of uh, resources that we've got the City Bible Forum. So if you'd like to find out more about one of our prayer teams, evangelistic prayer teams that I mentioned before, I'd be happy to talk with you and see if we can find a group of people near to where you work that you could perhaps pray with. But if you'd like to find out more about what it looks like to, to do workplace evangelism, to try and help people that you work with meet Jesus... Uh, there's some courses that you can jump onto. So citybibleforum.org is our website, citybible.org slash courses. Uh, you can do a number of courses in Sharing Jesus at Work and I Am What I Do, which is an exploration of what it means to work as a Christian. And I'd love to talk to you more about that later. But please, if you learn anything today, go away knowing the, the God who smashes the world that comes up against him, who is victorious on that cross, is the one who is with us. And he is the one who will be exalted in all the nations and all the earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you don't leave us alone to struggle under a world that hates you. You don't leave us alone in a world that is in so many ways broken and and, uh, falling around our ears. 
but that you're with us. That you promise to be with us, that you promise to help us see the, the victory that you are bringing. And we thank you that in the coming week we can see that so clearly as we celebrate the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And uh, we ask that you would help us to remember that you are with us this week and into this year, especially as times get hard. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.